0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is John Sana here for the Expansive Podcast, all the way from Dubai. Hello to my forever handsome friend there, Eric in Joburg. How are you doing, brother? Hey, John. I'm good, dude. How are you doing? I'm so good. Uh, Today is Friday here in Dubai, which means that it's a weekend. So it's really busy. The weather's really good. So I've just come back from a lunchtime. How is Joburg today? Uh, beautiful. We
1: might hear some thunder in the background. Uh, yeah, do you hear it? Uh, so amazing. Yes,
0: I do. Yeah, yeah. it's
1: been really good, man. It's, it, it feels like ages since we've spoken, even though it hasn't been, uh, because we did the previous episode with Mark around the workation. Yes, uh, that's but right. It's weird. It's, it's, it's kind of felt like a while.
0: Well, I think it's because there's so much going on. Mm. And we were speaking off air that we're both feeling brain fog. Mm. Because uh, we're trying to, I suppose not, we're not trying to, but things are moving at such a pace and uh, just trying to keep up with things and also operate at a level that's constantly unlearning to relearn. Mm. My brain already needs a holiday and we are literally just in February, I mean in in March. So. Three months in example, and I'm though. like, actually, actually today's <laughs> Friday, it's still February. And I'm like, oh my God, I need a holiday already. Can you believe it? I mean, what the hell's going on here? But I guess it's just the pace of the world, you know, and exactly what's going on. And there's the coronavirus that everybody's stressing about. And there's like, there's a lot going on, you know, like just mm. globally. So um, I think it's affecting us.
1: But you're going away, is it
0: soon? Well, I'm in Amsterdam next week, then I'm back in SA, then I'm in London, then I'm in SA, and then I'm Maldives. Lovely. Yes, man. Lovely. Go work on some tan <laughs> and uh, go chill out a bit um, and just try and do nothing. But you know, it's impossible to do nothing because mm. there's something called WhatsApp and Wi-Fi. <laughs> yes. And then this just becomes impossible. You've got to switch it totally <laughs> off, which uh, it's tough for me. <laughs> so it's going to be something. So um, look, I want to talk today about um, good thinking partnerships. And uh, I think that they are incredibly useful because what we have in today's world is we have coaches or therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, um, mentors, and we have thinking partnerships. And um, I think this concept of having somebody that can hold space for you that is able to ask pertinent questions of you and not always try and speak about themselves when you give an example, but actually ask deeper questions of you as a friend is very rare. Mm. And I'm very lucky to have really good friends that are good at this. I think I'm pretty good at it. But I think our relationship kind of started off like this because, I mean, we started off as friends and then I asked you to coach me, which was a fantastic experience. But I was frustrated because... I couldn't ask you questions because Mm -hmm. I was like, this was all about me. And I was like, I don't like this. I actually wanna be engaging in a dialogue rather than having this thing focused on me. And we then decided to become thinking partners. And then we've decided to now record the thinking partners. So I think we have a great thinking partnership um, and I think the the results of it on this podcast speak for themselves. But um, I know you dive much deeper into the subject and I really wanna pick your sort of uh, brain on this and uh, also for the listeners to tell us how we go about doing this, how we set it up and what it looks like.
1: Mm. So a while ago, um, I'm actually not sure exactly when I wrote it, I wrote a little post called um, a mini guide to being a thoughtful thinking partner. And I wanted us to use that as the sort of base for today's discussion. But to take you back, when I was doing my master's in, in business and executive coaching, um, there were many useful things that came out of it. But I think the most useful thing was coming across this term, thinking partner, because it really encapsulates what a coach does in a very nice way. And I think if you are someone who is looking to accelerate your personal and your professional development, then you know we always tend to look for the mentors. But actually I think you don't even need to go that route. You can go and find yourself a thinking partner, which could be anyone. They don't even have to be at levels above you. They could be literally the same level of success as you are. It just requires a certain kind of approach. And that's really what I think makes it so powerful is anyone can be a good thinking partner, irrespective of what you've gone through. Obviously, if you have a bit of experience and knowledge, you get to layer that in and make it a little bit more rich. Um, but perhaps what you can do is uh, go through some of the highlights of the, the article that I wrote and give people some let's say practical insight onto how to be a good thinking
0: partner great okay, so I've got one question off the yes. bat is do you then uh, you tell this person that you want to be a thinking partner with that we're going to have a thinking partner? a partnership session. So you actually plan it around that and say, okay, well, here we begin the, the constructs of creating a container where we can now uh, have this thinking partnership. And the, the, the tools you're gonna be sharing are the tools that people could use as a construct so that the rules of engagement within this container of um, listening.
1: Yeah, I think that's perfect. Uh, and thank you for mentioning that, that you you can use these skills, you know, obviously in any conversation, but the real power comes from having a, let's say a, a monthly session where you sit down and you discuss some of the biggest challenges that you are facing. And in that way it becomes a bit of an accountability session but also someone stretches your thinking and challenges your thinking. Um, I do remember a time though when I just started coaching when I would sit down with friends and like I would just slot into coaching mode because I thought like, oh, that's yeah. so cool. Like I'm going to help yeah. them, th- give them insights. And and actually like it took away from the organic uh, flow yeah. of the conversation. So I, I really think it is good to create that construct and say, now we're we just chilling whereas <laughs> this is actually a thinking partner session.
0: Well, look, I think it's tough to go back to, because you know, when you're unconscious in a conversation, you're often speaking about yourself. Mm. And it goes around, uh, it goes around the circle. And everybody's talking about their holiday, their holiday, their holiday, their holiday. Nobody says, well, tell me more about your holiday. And so when you become aware of it, you realize how unconscious many conversations are. Mm. And so for me, it's like, it's part and parcel of my, my, my approach now is to just keep asking questions. And often people say to me, geez, am I being interviewed? I'm like, no, I just, I'm interested in who you are and what makes you tick. And it's funny because when people say, are you interviewing me? it shows you that most people don't ask questions. Mm. So when you're asking five or six questions in a row, people are like, hang on a second, what are you doing? Are you psychoanalyzing me? I'm like, no, I'm just trying to figure <laughs> out who you are. You know, that's kind of what it is. Yeah, listen, okay.
1: I, I think um, I, I'm trying to think back to like the very first time that we actually met. And I remember that was your default even back then. Um, asking 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 and I wanted to like obviously start asking you some questions and you just kind of said listen I'm not done
0: asking questions yet (laughs) I still have a few to go (laughs) I do that often actually because I'm (laughs) genuinely fascinated I'm genuinely want to understand but you know some people are unconscious about it won't even get round to asking questions or some people pretend like they're asking questions they're like so john so tell us a little bit about you and then the minute you start they're like, back to you know <laughs> when i was in greece last year you're like okay well that was a pretense um but yeah i think it's just about being conscious about being interested and fascinated and there's a great saying what is that saying is that um if i if i uh, talk all the time i learn something nothing new And, you know, rather shut up and just listen so you can learn something new for a change, Mm. you know, something like that. I Mm. can't remember the exact saying, but yeah. So I think that the one caveat or the one danger or the warning we have is if you start practicing these, you might only start relating to people in this way. And I think that's just what happens. You know, I don't think it's such a bad thing to be honest. Mm. Okay. So let's kick it off and uh, tell us what are, what are, what are some of the rules and what, how does it work?
1: Yeah. So here's some ideas. So the very first idea is that there always has to be an oscillation between broad and narrow so what i mean by that is when you sit down obviously and you you've, you formalize that this is more of a thinking partner session um you have to get an idea of what the person wants you to help them think about uh so typically okay. uh, the first question might be extremely broad so what would you like to talk about Ah, right so that's okay. really broad we're opening it up then okay. based on the question you might want to go a little bit more narrow so you know i might say to you john um you know what's been on your mind this past few week and you might say you know um i've been thinking a lot about traveling um i've been feeling like uh, a little bit of brain fog uh mm. like i'm i'm really trying to build my network in dubai like and so you're mm. putting lots of options on the table and then based on that broad mm. answer that you've also given we'll then try and narrow it down a bit so we'll say cool what are those things what are those um of those topics would you like us to talk about today And you Mm. might choose the brain fog one. So we're like, cool. So that's narrow again. Then we go a bit broad again. We say, listen, so you want to speak about the brain fog. What about the brain fog would you like us to talk about? Giving you the space to really talk about anything that relates to it, right? So like we're not trying to steer you Mm. in a direction. I just want you to bring everything into the conversation. And then based on what you say again, we'll zoom in on certain things, right? So I think there's this beautiful dance that happens where you step back and you zoom out on the topic. And then you narrow in on it and then you zoom out on it and then you narrow in on it. And it creates this beautiful momentum where it allows people to see things from so many different angles. So what is your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah. I love that because it's, yeah, it just makes so much sense, you know, coming in broad, going in narrow, going in broad, going in narrow and keep doing that. And do you have a timer on you? Would you suggest like there's a 10 minute timer or 15 minute timer per person? Because otherwise, I mean, the whole hour could go towards one person.
1: Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's kind of an unwritten contract that you that you need to agree on that, you know, if we each have half an hour, you know, you want to try and get to the point and not fill it with too much fluff. But but these sort of things happen quite quickly, you know, and like, you don't have to sit there actively thinking about broad, narrow, broad, narrow, broad narrow. But, yes, but it's just yes. a, a great way. You know, when I initially started coaching, I actually did exactly that. I had the entire coaching model written down next to me. Yeah. And I've always coached yeah. digitally, right? So I can just glance off to the yeah. side and see, okay, yes. oh, the yes. next part I need to do is the reality part. So tell me. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. That, yeah that helped yeah. a lot. So having those kind of constructs right. just to remind you. And I think it's really good, you know, as the person asking the questions also, that you don't get too stuck in one mode of asking questions because otherwise you might just drill down, drill down, drill down, drill yes. down. Yes. And you might be going down actually the wrong, the wrong sort of hole, you know. <laughs> um, so you, you need to reevaluate.
0: Look, I think there's another thing to be said here is uh, one, eye contact, mm-hmm. uh, body language, uh, focus. I think those things are really important to hold space while you're asking those questions because nothing's more off-putting when somebody's eyes, like, you know, you're speaking to somebody and then they start focusing on somebody else or it totally throws you out, you know, or if you check your phone or, you know, you need to be able to be as, as focused in and holding space for that person as you possibly can be because that shows respect and it mm. shows just that you're giving this opportunity to this person to be heard mm. which i think is so rare in today's world and think about it we pay people just to sit there and listen to us mm. think about that i mean how mm. crazy is that i mean it should be just normal within our construct of of of, of um, society you know okay so what, i love the that okay so thing, first is um, yeah is that yeah
1: what I often find is if you ask a really difficult question, you know, like sometimes you just have the perfect question and what it does, like immediately you can see the, the person's eyes like shoot to the side and up, yes. you know, cause they need to process. What I find is then breaking eye contact is a really good idea because otherwise they might feel a bit pressured because it feels like you're waiting for an answer. So breaking okay. eye contact at that stage um, often mm. just tells them it's okay, like think about it, don't rush um got it yeah and there's actually nice. there's some there's some coaching methodologies where you actually don't even look at the person at all which is uh it's kind of weird but i get where they that's kind of the principle that they operate on when they when they say you know don't look at the person but you literally sit across from the person and like your focus is on the notes that you're making all the right. time um, that's so right. that's a small okay. caveat in that yeah got it cool so okay number so two, that's one number two mm. is show and tell and what that means is that we are we are problem-solving machines, right? And what we want to do as soon as someone presents a problem to us is we want, we want to solve it. But that's not your role as a thinking partner. You're not there to solve it. You're there to help them solve it. And the main… I don't like that. No, no, wait. The, the, way, the, <laughs> yeah, okay. the, the way that we get there is mainly through questioning, right? Because you're helping someone to unwind it in their own mind. But what we want to do is we want to sh- like we want to give advice. We want to tell people what to do. Like, you know, and it rarely ever works. So, the better way to actually do it is then to say, well, let me share with you an exp- like an experience I had. Yes, yeah. yes. Let me share with you um, my way of thinking about it, and all you're doing is you're offering a reflection. And that person can do that whatever they want, but it feels a lot less heavy than Here's my advice to what you must go and do.
0: I think EO uses that as a rule within yeah. their forums. Yes, you're not allowed to advise; you can only give examples. Yeah, I like that. I think I think that's that's a great. I've I've been doing that. I I find myself impatient in wanting to tell somebody, look, you should have been doing this, or this is where you went wrong, and that's my personality, right? Mm. Um, and and kind of always been the issue in my relationships with girls is that I'm. I have to really keep quiet and not give solutions because I'm so solution-driven. But it's such a great skill just to be able to listen and to give examples. It's almost very elegant in its approach to sharing some wisdom and experience.
1: You know, I think the big thing when you give advice is that I almost feel like you need to reach a certain place in your mind before that advice makes sense. And if you just give it to me before I'm ready to receive it, it means nothing.
0: It also could hurt you Mm. and upset you. Definitely. Uh, so I've also experienced that. You know, some people get really perturbed by my comment and I really I was like, I wasn't meaning anything bad by it. But yes, I understand from that level of consciousness mm. or that level of where you're at, it's a, almost a slap in the face.
1: Mm. And so that ties in very, very nicely with actually what the next comment was, which is that as the thinking partner, you can't have an attachment to the outcome. Because, and that's yes. almost what you do when you want to give advice is that you want to someone to reach a certain outcome. And Mm -hmm. in many ways, there's maybe a slight bit of arrogance in that you think that this is the way that it should work for you as well because it worked like that for Mm -hmm. me and that's the outcome that you should achieve because I achieved that outcome too. But Mm -hmm. when you're a thinking partner, you might end up in a very different place. Like you might, you Mm -hmm. know, someone might sit down with you and they might be thinking about like, what is the next step in their career? And if you are very corporate driven, like let's say that's your, you know, you are in corporate as well you'll try and help them think about how do you progress your career? But yeah. perhaps if you were a bit more open, what might've come out was that actually that person should quit their job and like be more entrepreneurial, you know, but because you sure. have this attachment, you send them in the wrong, or, or you steer them well, you the Well, you know the what's so direction. funny
0: is I, I have done that to people that are corporate animals and I've said to them, get out and be an entrepreneur. And they're like, no, <laughs> I want to stay in my funny. corporate world. So yes, I agree with you. That's absolutely right. Well said. Very, very good advice there. You know,
1: I remember the very first time um, when I got coached. So when I decided to be a coach, I got a coach for the first time. And I remember sitting in one of our sessions and he said to me, um, "What?" Or the, the big thing we were talking about was, do I continue in Better Man and build that up to a big community and a, a big business? Or do I start coaching? And it was kind of a binary thing at that stage for me. And it was very interesting. The one session, like he deliberately said to me, like, you shouldn't be a coach. And it wasn't in a challenging way. It was like I perceived it as he thinks that I'm a threat to him. And the moment he did that, the moment he steered me, I was like, "I'm out." Like this isn't like I'm not not thinking together, you know. And I disengaged immediately in that session. And he said to me, "Listen, I can feel that the energy has shifted here. What's up happening?" And I said to him, "Like I feel like you are really trying to tell me not to be a coach." And that was our last session, you know.
0: So you have to cultivate a bit of like uh, non-attachment. That's brilliant. And, um, that's again, fantastic. I'm learning so much from this. Um, I remember you telling me that. And I said to you, I think my response to you was, if you're asking that question, you've answered it already. <laughs> it's like, should I be leaving Better Man and starting? I'm like, just the question in itself is like, okay, you're done with it. You're just looking for somebody to give you a confirmation of what your heart's telling you to do. You know, sometimes the answer is yeah. in the question. Yeah. So two more to go.
1: Um, the next one is to be patient. And, Really, what that is about is that again we we, we want to solve problems so if you present a, a problem to me like i want to help you solve it as quickly as possible but often only like the the shifts only happen at the 29th minute like if you're doing a 30 minute session mm. like that it mm. might just happen at the 29th minute and where this really came from for me was when i was coaching people um, I would watch the clock and I'd see like, okay, we're coming up on the hour and I'm like, shit, like I, I'm not sure whether I've created done, you know, anything for <laughs> this person. Like, <laughs> is it worth paying me? <laughs> yeah. And then, like literally, like two minutes later, they would have this amazing insight and I'm like, well, cool. It was really worth yeah. working for mm. it. So, mm. so just be patient. Like some, you know, you, you can't solve the world's problems in one go. It takes time. You have to sit with it, you know? So, That'll be, I think, number three or four. Five.
0: Four, four, I think. Now we're on to five.
1: All right. And the last one is, is actually to say thank you. And when I was reviewing this, I actually realized that I wrote this piece about you. <laughs> Funny enough. Oh, okay. Um, why? Because, so it says say thank you because, um, let me just read it to you. It says, this is a great practice. One of my clients taught me. So obviously, when we were still coaching, uh, when you are offered a deep, insightful question, say thank you say thank you because the question is a gift sitting with it and allowing for deeper reflection might lift your life business or relationships to an entirely different level and i think oh. that's always something you've been really good at is that when there's an insight um, or when there's a question to say thank you for it and at the mm. time when we were doing it i thought it was i appreciate it and mm. subsequently have adopted it into my life as well mm. and i think mm. you know when someone is offering you time they're offering their energy um their mental and cognitive capacities then mm. like say thank you and be grateful for the opportunity to actually spend the time with them
0: well thank you eric yeah, i better. appreciate that a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great no that's really great so let's re- just recap them again um first before we even recap them let's start off with body language eye contact i mean those are i mean obviously we have caveats phones away Um, and in a quiet space so that you are hearing each other. Uh, So those are like the constructs that you're building. You're setting up the time specifically with a 30 minute counter for each one of you. So you, you know, you need, you need rules of engagement. And then let's jump into the five that you shared.
1: So the very first would be the oscillation of broad and narrow. So remember that the language of thinking partnership is, is questions. So you want to go broad, you want to go zoomed in, zoom out. And the whole time there's this bit of a dance. And that yeah. there will be opportunities for you to share a bit about your own thinking, and the idea is not that you are telling people or giving them advice, but rather that you are offering them a reflection in this form of that's a number two, right? Yeah, or in the form of an example. It's number two. Number three is that there is no attachment to the outcome, so you're not steering people specifically in direction. Um, number four is to be patient, like so. Don't try and force it. Don't try and get to a, a solution as quickly as possible. Mm. Like let the you have to kind of let it bloom, let it breathe. You and know? yes,
0: and sometimes you know, sometimes you're leaving on the drive home. It comes to you. Exactly. You know what I mean. So yeah. it doesn't have to be in the session. Yeah, mm. yeah.
1: Uh, so that was number sh- four. <laughs> four. Number five. Five is thank is you. Is to say thank yeah. you. Yes. And uh, yeah, I said here, you know, at the end, I say I, say, I have made being a thinking partner in my business. Um, it's a practiced art form, but it's also a skill that's available to all of us. And I think that, yes. that really is where I wanted to kind of end this as well, is that anyone can do this. Anyone can be a thinking partner yeah. to anyone. Um, and it's a great thing to be able to offer to anyone. So I would highly yeah. su- suggest that if you want to be more successful, find thinking partners and be a thinking partner. And like literally just after listening to this, send one of your friends that you that you yeah. admire or that you feel inspired by, I say to them, can we be thinking partners? Say to once a month, do a session 30 minutes and just talk about some of our challenges and we help each other think through them and you'll be surprised at the results of it.
0: Yeah, I love that, Eric. I mean, I think it's such great advice. Also, to all the listeners, don't record it on a podcast. We've already got that one covered. We don't need any more competition. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's fantastic, man. I really think. Also, look, I mean, making it a podcast has got us to prepare better. Mm. So, we're also coming in being thinking partners on a much deeper level because Mm. there's more accountability because now we've got a brand. And so, I mean, it's even pushed us further into making it a a more of a, a, a sort of a richer context mm. Uh, mm. that we get out of it. Because I always learn when when you're sharing some of the stuff, I'm like, wow, geez, I did not even think about those. So the way you've articulated it, I think will help a lot of the listeners and it's definitely helped me. And so thank you so much, Eric. Uh, until thank next you. time, I uh, look forward to connecting again for our next episode. Enjoy Rainy Joburg. Uh, yes. Thank you. And I'll chat to you soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. Ciao.